notice that everything you ever thought would make you happy ever after didn't? Ooh, me too. It turns out Sean Cassidy was not my soulmate. Orgasms only last a few seconds and money does not buy happiness. Hi, I'm Dr. Cheryl Fraser and welcome to Sex, Love and Elephants, the weekly podcast where we explore relationships, mind and the meaning of life. A place where you are normal if you feel like something's missing, even though you have it all. Because guess what? Happiness is an inside job. How do I know? Well, if a Buddhist nun and a sex expert had a baby, I'm it. I'm a psychologist, sex therapist, and author. I've meditated for 12 hours a day for months at a time. I've studied Tantra in Tibet, and I've taught for people like Tony Robbins and Jack Canfield, and helped thousands of couples reignite passion. My mission with a loving heart is to kick your ass off the couch and into awakening. And here's the secret. If you want to cultivate wild love that lasts, compassion and curiosity, and the superpower of being happy for no reason, first, you've got to meet your elephant. So let's go. Well, hello and welcome to Sex, Love, and Elephants. And today in episode four, we're going to put the elephant back into elephant. If you haven't heard the first episode, let me give a brief description of what I mean when I refer to elephants in this show. Essentially, I want you to think of this. We live in this world. We live with a sense of who we are. I'm Cheryl. You're Joshua, Juliana, Juan, etc. And our monkey mind, our ego, our part of ourself that wants to be in control tends to run the show really poorly a lot of the time. I'm going to explain that more as we go along today. But I want to introduce you again. I covered this also in episode one, but I want to introduce you to the idea of the monkey and the elephant. This is an analogy that's often used in the teaching of Buddhist mind work, where we look to train our mind and to essentially figure out what's really happening without being tricked by the nasty, weird, little crazy cuckoo stories that the monkey makes up. Okay, the elephant. The elephant is awakened. What does awakening mean? Awakened is actually a decent English translation of the word Buddha. Buddha means to be the awakened one or the act of awakening. Think of a flower that's in a tight bud. And as spring comes, as the correct nutriments come, that flower starts to open up, to bud, to unfold. Think of that as your inner knowing, your inner wisdom, your elephant. Your elephant already has all the answers. This is not a fanciful concept. This is a very deep teaching of how your mind and your heart actually function. Underneath your fears, underneath your biases, underneath your judgments and your crazy clinging to try to want to be prettier or richer or have a better partner or have a better job. By the way, none of those things are bad, but under our consistent crazy scattergunning through life, trying to get the thing that will make us happy, 
we are being run by the monkey. Monkey mind freaks out. Monkey mind is at times greedy, at times frightened, and at times deeply confused about what really brings contentment, happiness, richness, and an open heart to our lives. The elephant, however, has all the answers. The elephant is gently, consistently plodding towards happiness, towards awakening, towards compassion, and towards complete and utter beautiful well-being. Your elephant can guide you when you slow down and contact it. The monkey, meanwhile, it's on top of the elephant's back, and it is freaking the frick out a lot of the time. It's throwing poop. It's gorging on bananas. It's yelling and screaming and chattering, and it's ineffectually pounding on the elephant's skull, attempting to make the elephant turn right, because I'm sure that if I break up with this person and fall in love with that person, we're going to be happy ever after. The monkey's freaking out, pounding on the elephant, and now trying to turn left and say, well, you know, I don't really think we should cut back at work and spend more time with our family and doing the things we love because we really need all that money for the future, and we really need to build up our savings, and we need to buy a new house and pay off our current house really fast so we can spend time between two houses. That monkey is really confused when it's telling you, buy more stuff, work harder, do all this, and we'll be happy later. Look, in a North American and in a Western lifestyle, we tend to be chasing after happiness. It's even in certain constitutions, pursuing happiness. That's the monkey, and the monkey is effed up. The monkey is going to ultimately leave you miserable, worn out, exhausted, and not feeling happy, content, and loving at all. The elephant, meanwhile, flaps its gentle ears and keeps gently, happily, plodding towards contentment, love, and perfection. In fact, the elephant's already fully awakened. The elephant is already fully enlightened. Now, you may have a different way of understanding your elephant, and that is entirely beautiful. For you, it may be Allah or God or the universe or the meaning of life or my depth intuition or my true self. Whatever we call it, however we touch it, that elephant is always available, especially when the monkey is doing what? Freaking the frick out. Let me give you another analogy. Right now, as I'm recording this, I live on beautiful Vancouver Island in the Pacific Northwest. It's a day in mid-May, and it happens to be a rainy, misty day. There are clouds outside, it's quite dark, and it looks fairly dark and gray out there. So the experience is, well, I can't wait for the sun to come out. I want you to think about that sentence for a minute. I can't wait for the sun to come out. Well, come out from where? From behind the clouds. Mm -hmm. It's actually illogical and unscientific because right now above me at some place in the sky, because it's about 8.30 a.m. here, the sun is radiantly shining. The clouds are between the sun and me. So my experience is that I'm stuck in the clouds. It's dark, it's gray, it's rainy, it's perhaps unpleasant, and I'm waiting for the sun. Now, you're probably one step ahead of me because you're a very clever monkey, because clever monkeys sometimes figure it out and help us hang out with the elephant. So clever monkey, you're already aware that, well, the sun is there. The sun is always there. So when I mistake the clouds for reality, I forget that the sun is available. When I mistake the clouds for reality, yes, I'm repeating this on purpose, 
I forget that the sun is always there. But what about at night, Cheryl? The sun isn't there at night. Yes, it is. The sun is exactly where it always is, doing exactly what it always does. It's just that the earth has rotated and I can't experience the sun when it's the dead of night in where I live in my hemisphere. Why is this important? This is incredibly important because this is the key to you having a happier existence, a more fulfilled existence, to feeling more love and compassion towards yourself, your loved ones, and strangers, and to essentially be hanging out, riding your elephant, and having the monkey curled up in your lap, having a delightful little snooze. Happiness, people. When the monkey's in control, lying to us. By the way, the monkey's not a bad, nasty enemy. The monkey's trying to keep us safe. It's trying to help us get happy. It's just confused. It thinks if you eat 20 bananas, you'll be happy. What happens when a monkey eats 20 bananas? It gets a hell of a gut ache and probably has terrible diarrhea all over the place and feels miserable and sad. The monkey mind is confused about what actually brings contentment and well-being. You listen to the monkey at your peril and sweethearts, we all listen to the monkey way too often. I want you to think about your day so far today. Pick one thing today that happened that you felt upset about, angry about, triggered by, annoyed by, hurt by, had a big story about. That was the monkey. That was the monkey telling you, oh, this is a terrible day because there's no milk for my cereal. That was the monkey saying, oh, it's going to be so stressful because I've got that meeting with that client I find so difficult. That was your monkey saying, ugh, I don't feel so good today. I probably shouldn't have eaten so much sugar before I went to bed. I feel gross. Now, I'm not saying that some of those facts aren't facts. Your body might feel kind of gross today because of what you ate or drank. You might indeed have on your books today a meeting with a client who in the past you have found to be challenging or difficult, maybe kind of mean, maybe kind of critical. You may indeed wake up with things that are affecting you, but the monkey then chooses to take those clouds and forget about the sun. The monkey chooses to say, I don't feel good today. It's going to be a rotten day. We even say, at least in North America, I got out on the wrong side of the bed today. What the heck does that mean? It's this way of saying, I didn't feel great this morning or I was grumpy this morning. So my whole day is now wrecked. Got, I got up on the wrong side of the bed. I'm in a bad mood today. Holy smokes. That is monkey foolishness. The truth of the matter is right now, I only see clouds. I'm in a bad mood or I don't feel well or I'm worried about this yucky client meeting coming up or I don't think this thing that's going to happen today is going to be fun or good for me. Uh-huh. Okay. Those are clouds. They are temporary. Sex, love, and elephants. Always I want these episodes, these teachings, the interviews with the guests I'll have the privilege of bringing to your ears to remember that underneath the temporary phenomenon of the clouds, there is sun. Okay, Cheryl, I'm a little, maybe a little bit confused. Can you ground that in reality for me a bit more? You are darn right I can. I'm going to do that right now. The monkey and the elephant is an analogy we're going to go back to. The sun and the clouds is an analogy we are going to go back to to remind us the difference between reality and story. So, if I'm telling myself the story, oh, I just got out of bed on the wrong side this morning. I'm in a bad mood. I don't feel well. I'm grumpy. Things aren't going my way. That is a story. That's clouds. 
what's always shining? The sun. Okay, bring this to your mind and your heart and your happiness and your well-being, your irritability, your pain, and your suffering. Let's bring it together now. Monkey mind is often caught in the clouds. The elephant is always present, vast, compassionate, wise, beautiful. It has all the answers. When we contact elephant, when we contact the sun, the clouds dissolve, the monkey calms down and curls up in our lap for a cuddle, and we can make wiser choices. And also, this is key, feel way better. When you're in contact with the elephant, you're calmer, your mind is brighter, you're less freaked out by the stuff that goes difficult in your day. I didn't say goes wrong in your day. I'm going to explain that in a minute. But the things that is difficult in your day, you don't let it run the show. You don't plunge yourself into clouds. You don't buy into the monkey's panic attack. You say, okay, that happened and that kind of sucks. That's difficult. Let me give you a clear example. We'll go back to you have on your books today a meeting with this difficult client. It's been unpleasant before. They're unhappy with your work. Let's say they're unfairly unhappy with your work. They're making unreasonable demands. And they're really quite unpleasant in terms of how they bring that across to you. They pick at you. They maybe yell at you. They're rude to you. They, they threaten to report you to the Better Business Bureau or something. So you wake up. And you're kind of neutral. You're pretty good. You're a little tired, but you're a little okay. You get up. The cat or the dog or the child or the hubby or the wife does something kind of cute. You smile. You feel all right. Then you think, what am I doing today? Mm, it's Wednesday. Oh, right. I've got that meeting with dun, dun, dun. Difficult client today. That's a cloud that has passed over the sun. That's all it is. But the monkey grabs onto that story. It's based in fact. Let's differentiate fact and story right now. The facts are at, let's say arbitrarily, 11.30 a.m. today, I have a meeting with John Terrible, my yucky client. There's a fact. What you do with that fact is entirely up to you. Whatever you're doing, stop right now and think about that for a second because not a word of a lie. That realization, when you start living more in alignment with that elephant realization, can change the quality of your mind, your relationships, and your lives. It is a fact. What I do with the fact is up to me. So back to this grounded example to make this make more sense. So I've woken up. I've realized and recalled, ugh, at 1130, I have my meeting with John Terrible. There's the fact. There's a meeting. What I now do is entirely up to me. I want you to generate right now two different things you could do to interrelate with that fact. Ready? Go. All right, clever monkeys, what did you come up with? One of the things you might have come up with is I can cancel the meeting. I can fire John Terrible. I don't actually need to continue in this not very fun and probably dysfunctional work relationship with this client. There's one possibility. What's another? I can choose to kill him with kindness. I'm going to go into my meeting today and no matter what he says, I'm going to say, you know, John, I can appreciate that you feel that way. Thank you for sharing that. And then I can continue fairly and bravely with my own agenda of what is accurate and what I can indeed do for John Terrible and what is not fair and I'm not willing to do for John Terrible. I can decide, well, my meeting with John Terrible may be different today. Let's find out. I may say, well, what's the worst case scenario? 
thinking of the worst case scenario can actually be quite liberating. You're giving the monkey a banana to calm it down when you think of a worst case scenario. Hey, monkey, worst case scenario, the meeting is going to be contentious, unpleasant, and upsetting. But then what I'm going to do afterward is I'm going to take myself out to lunch at my favorite Thai restaurant, and I'm going to have an incredible meal and a Thai iced tea. I'm going to regroup. I'm going to take care of myself, body and mind, and I'm going to have a fabulous rest of my day because John Terrible is not the boss of me. What I'm introducing you to here, and we're going to explore this in future episodes with me and with guests, is this incredibly empowering idea that is accurate, that the things that happen may be out of our control. We've got to meet with John Terrible today. But what we do about it is entirely up to us. This is your first full elephant episode where we're working with these ideas. Yes, sometimes we're going to apply them to your romantic relationships, your fitness, your health, but let's bring it back and review. The elephant is your deeper, innate wisdom. It already has it all figured out. It is the essential nature of mind. In some depth Tibetan teachings, we call that Mahamudra or Dzogchen mind, full realization of emptiness. We can talk about that now and then on some of these episodes. For now, the elephant is your deep inner knowing. The elephant isn't freaked out at all about John Terrible. The elephant is, oh, the facts are we've got a meeting today with John Terrible, and John Terrible's just something that happens in our life, and sometimes he puts out some really unpleasant stuff, and we're an elephant. We're vast. We can allow the terrible, difficult stuff John Terrible throws at us to bead like bits of dew and roll off our skin. The monkey, however, isn't as strong. It's not as brave. It has a lot more anxiety. It has a lot more puffed up ego as well. The monkey might get into fisticuffs with John Terrible and say, don't you speak to me like that. I deserve your respect. Whereas the elephant would say, you know, you're raising your voice and you're saying things that are really not okay with me. I need you to calm down or we're going to have to terminate this meeting. The elephant is your own innate wisdom. The elephant knows what to do. When you are tangled in the clouds of anxiety, of anger, of hurt feelings, of despair, or worse, there is still an elephant underneath. There is still a sun shining when the weather is a tornado. This is the power of learning to train the mind. The monkey tends to make up really dramatic stories. And it's not because the monkey wants to hurt you. Don't hate your monkey. Don't kill your monkey. Don't beat your monkey up. Embrace it. Soothe it. Calm it. Sometimes send it off to the playground to get rid of some excess energy. Look, let's bring this to a key point. And this is not something a lot of us are taught in our Western cultures. Some people in certain cultures that have a Buddhist or a Baha'i or another type of faith-based or working with the mind-based training, they're a little more used to looking at their mind in the following way. The difference between, I referred to this earlier, the difference between reality and the story I make up about reality. Let's say, let's pick something that almost all of us have gone through and that can be incredibly devastatingly painful. And that's a breakup where someone that we're in love with or want to be in relationship with dumps us. 
They say, for whatever reason, I've had an affair, or you're just not the one I want to marry, or I'm not in love with you anymore, or I want to explore the field, and we get dumped. Our heart is broken. That's a viscerally painful experience for 99% of us, correct? Okay, let's break this down to the facts and then the story we make up about the facts. The facts and the story we then make up about those same facts, okay? The facts are, I want something and I'm not getting it. What I want is to be in a relationship with you. You've decided that's not happening. There's the facts. Very simple, right? There's actually no emotion associated to those facts. They're just facts. I want something. I want to be in a relationship with you. And you've decided you don't want to be in a relationship with me. So I'm not going to get what I want. Now, you're all very intelligent people. And probably almost everybody listening to this has had a broken heart once or many times in your life so far. What sort of stories did the monkey make up about those facts? Well, I'll throw out some common ones. Please be thinking of your own as well. Remember, knowledge isn't power. Taking action to learn and to grow is where the power is. Episode one, I talk about knowledge is power. But briefly, we can understand something, but that doesn't help us change. So the more you engage with these teachings and think about them for yourself and relate them to an example from your own life, the richer they're going to be for you. The facts are, I want something to be in a relationship with you. You end that relationship. The facts are, I am not going to get what I want. The stories and the experience are often something like the following. I am emotionally really, really deeply hurt. I may have a lot of anxiety, grief, anger, and then stories. So I've got the physical sensations of the grief, the anger, the fear, the loneliness, particularly if we've been together 28 years, we share a home, kids, and a business, and you've walked out. Tremendous mental, emotional suffering. And then we get the stories, and the stories make it far, far worse. Some of the fairly typical stories we might go through when we're on the receiving end of a broken heart and a breakup are, what if I never love again? I'm going to be alone for the rest of my life. How could they not love me? What's wrong with me? Why am I so unworthy? Why am I so unlovable? Some of us might flip into anger and blame instead of more into it's about me and I'm I'm not good enough, which is gut-wrenchingly painful to be in those stories. And there's some other gut-wrenchingly painful stories. Watch those play out during divorces. I hate you. You're a terrible person. How could you do this to us? I deserve more from you. I'm going to get all your money. I'm going to not let you see the kids and so on and so on. What I'm bringing to you here is based in the training of mind from a Buddhist perspective. It also sits very solidly in a lot of deep and very useful psychological teachings, cognitive behavioral therapy and other things. But the essence is there's the reality, the facts, and then there's the stories and the body experiences we then can have. So grief after a breakup, anger, rage, anxiety, pulverizing pain after a breakup isn't really about the facts at all. Remember, the facts are very simple. I want something to be in a relationship with you. You've decided you don't want that. Therefore, I am not going to get what I want. The elephant might be able to absorb that gentle reality, that change in expectations, that difference from what I wanted, and with a smile and a flick of its tail, continue gently ambling towards enlightenment feeling fairly unperturbed by the change in the weather, 
feeling fairly confident, fairly relaxed, loving, open, and kind. Even wishing your former partner well, sincerely. I love you. Therefore, I want you to find happiness. I want you to thrive. And if that is your path, I bless you upon it. That is some pretty deep sheesh. That is very profound. I'm not putting forward that any of us listening, maybe one or two of you, certainly not me in the past, were able to absorb a breakup with that much love and grace. Wow. Ouch. It hurts that I can't have what I want. But I'm clenching my hand right now as I say this on the mic. That clenching is hanging on. That clenching is wanting it to be a certain way. So I want you to actually form a fist right now if you can and squeeze it quite tightly. When we do that, we're attempting to control reality and make the facts different. I want you to love me. I want you to still be in a relationship with me. Holy hell, this hurts. That's monkey. And that's our general experience when the facts are not what we want. Then our body also has physiological, biochemical, neurochemical, hormonal reactions to the loss. That's the grief, the pain, the anxiety, throwing up, etc. But the stories are the most damaging part of it. That's the monkey weaving frightened, confused, controlling stories like, I'm never going to be okay. You're a super a-hole. How could you do this to us? I hate you. I love you. I'm going to I'm gonna show up outside your house and hang on to your leg and beg you to take me back. So much pain because the monkey wants to control reality. And sweet, darling, beautiful monkeys, you cannot control reality. I know. The cat just walked by and said, meow, life can be so painful. I wanted to catch a mouse and I couldn't. When something we want doesn't come to fruition, we suffer unless we suffer unless we develop the ability to accept reality as it is. There's a beautiful prayer, the serenity prayer. God grant me the courage to change the things I can, to accept the things I cannot and the wisdom to know the difference. When we are in alignment with reality, we're sitting gently on the elephant's back and we're trusting that even though the facts have delivered something we don't want, even though there's been a change that freaks us out and it's not what we want, we do not have to give in to tons and tons of stories about why this is such a disaster. What if the person you love breaks up with you? What if you're able to navigate that painful set of facts with grace, with love, with compassion? What if you're able to gather your wounded, frightened, scared, angry, devastated monkey into your lap and hold it gently, hold your own broken heart with compassion and grace and not lash out at the person you love and not beg and plead and try to change their journey and say, I am deeply, deeply, deeply sad and freaked out by this. I do not want this, but the facts are you're telling me this is what's going to happen. I intend to be fair. I intend to be kind. I intend to take as good care of my heart and myself as I can. And I wish you well, beloved person. Holy smoke, Cheryl, are you for real? Are you actually putting forward that we can go through some of the most painful things that ever happen in this short human life and still be graceful, kind, and compassionate? 
that we can learn to change the things we can, but to accept the things we can't. Sweethearts, that is exactly what I'm putting forward. And it's not Dr. Cheryl Fraser knowledge. This is ancient knowledge from the great spiritual traditions, from the great secular traditions, everything from Buddhism to what Jesus said, to contemporary psychology and neuropsychology to personal growth. You suffer when you fight reality. You suffer when you don't want your house to have burned down, which of course you don't want it to have burned down. You suffer when you don't want your spouse to have left you. You suffer when you don't want a cancer diagnosis, when you don't want your aging pet to be dying, when you don't want your house to be messy, when you don't want a bill to come in the mail that you can't pay. But these are facts. They're going to come into every human life. What we do with the facts is entirely up to us. The monkey and the elephant. The elephant has all the answers. The elephant is calm, loving, compassionate, alive, and open. It is always there. We're always sitting on the elephant's back. We usually don't know it. We get bemused by the trickster of that dang monkey that tells us this is a disaster. We're not going to make it. That person shouldn't have done it. John Terrible is a total a-hole. I hate him, and I'm going to have a terrible day today because I have a meeting with John Terrible. The beauty and the grace of our human experience is that the elephant is always there. And when we slow down and when we show up and when we penetrate the clouds of our confusion and contact the sun, when we gather the monkey in with love and grace and don't listen to its nonsense and feel the elephant, we can handle anything. We can be a far more compassionate, far more wise, far more happy and loving human being. That's what elephants are all about. And sometimes during this podcast, I'll take you into some deep trainings on meditation and Buddhism. Other times, as you know, we're going to focus on your love relationship, your sexual relationship. Sometimes we're going to focus on health and well-being. Why? Because living a full elephant life involves every aspect of being human to how you make your breakfast this morning with love and care, how you eat your breakfast this morning, really tasting it and enjoying it, how you hug or kiss your spouse or your child goodbye and hello today, what you do with your mind when today, like every other day we're alive, delivers us some good news and some crappy news. It delivers us some things we want and it delivers us some things we don't want. The monkey will take all of those as disasters or the greatest thing ever we can't ever let go of. The elephant calmly watches it come and go. The elephant is your best friend and it is always available to us. Our work to be happy, enlightened, open, loving, compassionate human beings is to continue to develop our relationship with our elephant. And that brings us to today's love bite. Here you go. There are facts and there are stories. The monkey can make up some really crazy upsetting stories. Do your best to love the monkey and then sit firmly on your elephant's back. Thank you so much for joining me today. I can't wait to be with you on the next episode of Sex, Love, and Elephants. And until then, I remain Dr. Cheryl Fraser.
Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Sex, Love, and Elephants. But most of all, thank you for being part of this herd. If you enjoyed listening, please share this with a friend. And if you haven't already, I would love, love, love it if you would subscribe, rate, and review the show on your podcast player because it really helps all the other elephants find us. If you have any questions or comments or maybe an idea for the show or you'd like to be a guest, reach out to me directly at drcherylfraser.com where you can also sign up for weekly Love Bites, science-based tips for creating love and passion that last a lifetime. Lifetime.